Coming up next on the Wet Fly Swing Podcast. You know, no disrespect. They said, screw riverboats. We're not dealing with that. We're going to go big time. We're going to build some pontoons. So, you know, we look at that some too, you know, but I mean, we're branching out, but yeah, you don't ever bite the hands that feeds us. We still build riverboats. You know, we, we do expand and like to do other things, but you know, our bread and butter is, you know, drift boats, jet boats, you know, rafts now, you know, like that's what feeds us. That's what we're still doing. That was Mike Backke sharing what is the bread and butter for stealth craft boats, taking you into one of the most unique drift boat companies in the U.S. today on The Swing. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. Hey, how's it going today? Thanks for stopping by the show. An easy way to support this podcast is to click over to some of our sponsors' websites and check out some of the products they have going on there. You support this podcast by clicking over there, checking out if you have a chance to purchase. You're supporting great local companies and this podcast in one shot. And one of those sponsors is Fishhound Expeditions, who's putting together remote Alaskan wilderness trips for that trip of a lifetime. We just got off one of these trips, and we talked all about it last week on a podcast. You can check that out. This is uh, this is one of those bucket list trips that uh, if you've been wanting to get a hold of some of these big rainbow trout and feel what that's all about, get the experience, you got to check out Fishhound. Right now at wetflyswing.com slash fishhound is your easiest chance to uh, check out this trip and, uh, and get some more information and support this podcast at the same time. We're also sponsored by Togan's Fly Shop, who has superior quality products, great prices, and a great YouTube channel. You can check them out right now by heading over at either Togan's Fly Shop on YouTube and check out the new uh, videos they have this week, or you can go directly to Togan's at wetflyswing.com slash Togan's, and they'll help you get started. Whether you're just beginning, they've got some training tutorials in fly tying, or if you've been tying a while, they've got a good selection of materials and some unique stuff over there. Check them out right now, Togan's Fly Shop. Mike Backke shares his family story of running a boat company with a focus on drift boats, power boats, and rafts. We find out why his customers love the power anchor. Mike goes into the power anchor today and talks about why uh, once you use one of these things, you're not going back. So I'm definitely interested in finding out more information about this. Um, we find out how their boats are a lot different than some of the other boats around uh, that you know of. They've got kind of some different designs and they're specifically tailored, uh, some of them to their area, but they've got uh, they've got boats that will do whitewater and do everything. We talk about that today as well, uh, including kind of different widths and features, and uh, and we also talk about where they're heading into the future. You're also going to have to hear the passionate segment on today's podcast when Mike describes about uh, poking the bear and how they got poked a little bit and had to. And we're kind of forced to jump into the raft market. So that's an interesting story we talk about today on the show. So without further ado, here we go. Mike Backke from StealthCraftBoats.com. How's it going, Mike? Good. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing great. We're doing great. We're, uh, you know, Drift Boats is always a, a happy place for me. I've um, We had a season a while back. I think I may have tried to connect with you, uh, you know, last year. But we, we did a Drift Boat season. We had a number of... Uh, we, we did a whole history of the drift boats, right? And we had a bunch of manufacturers on and we talked about uh, kind of that history. So we're going to plug you into a little bit into the history and hear about how you kind of built, uh, you know, connected to what you have there. Uh, before we jump into that, talk about that. We're going to talk about a lot about the boats, but, you know, I know you do some hunting and fishing. How did you get into, uh, do you do a little bit of uh, fly fishing, conventional? What, what's that look like? 
I would say, you know, mostly, um, I love to fish, but you know, um, our family, you know, had an Orvis shop, you know, I've kind of been in the business for a long time. So I like to do, I like to fly fish probably primarily, but I like to do everything. You know, we have the great lakes here, you know, trolling around is fine. Um, just fishing is fun period. So, yeah. And you do. And so the hunting, you, you do a little bit of that as well. Mix that in. If I had more time, I mean, the boats take a lot from me. Um, I like to upload. I have, if you came to our shop, we have a bunch of dogs here. Um, three of them are mine. Um, one of them is my sales manager. Um, he has uh, that pretty black lab. A lot of people see, but I have English setters and I like to do a lot of upland stuff. So, I mean, that's just kind of, I, I not that I don't think, you know, hunting big game is cool. I just don't have enough time. Time-wise. Like I say, yeah. Yeah, we just had an episode actually today. Nick Larson has a bird hunting podcast just dropped and he was talking about he's from Minnesota and he was talking about how you know his prime time is the last two weeks of October and no- November uh, is, is it what's the weather like out there is it like perfect right now for for bird hunting yeah yeah no like I say we have mimicking um, weather conditions uh, we just you know we're on the western part of Michigan um, and uh, you know we get we have the lake of, you know, enhancement, whether it's snow or rain or whatever, um, has a little bit more bearing to what's going on, but yeah, no, it's been, it's been nice. Okay. And you have a couple of, uh, lodges. Are these the Orvis, um, have these been the same lodges since the, the, the beginning? No, actually, um, like I say, the, the one in Baldwin I've had since 06. And then, um, I, you know, the last two or three years, I've, I think it'd be two years now, actually have the old, um, it was Schmidt Outfitters for a long time, and um, he handed it off. And uh, uh, an owner, a couple owners, were between me, and uh, I kind of took it over. And uh, you know, we're we're running that nicely um, now since kind of COVID. So, gotcha. Okay, yeah, you got a lot going. So that's on the Big Manistee. Okay. And um, you know, um, the world record brown trout was there for quite a while. Um, and then our, our main hub here is in, on the Pier Marquette. And, and uh, I always say it's kind of like the West Yellowstone of uh, um, the Midwest. You know, there's four or five fly shops in a town of, you know, less than a thousand. Wow. Um, you know, the Pier Marquette is, is, you know, the first place in North America that a brown trout was planted. And, um, you know, I live on the North Branch of the Pier Marquette. The, you know, I have Baldwin Creek Lodge. So, the Baldwin River is the is the North Branch, and um, and yeah, a lot of history, a lot of cool stuff around here. You know, um, kind of a if you like to fish, it's a great place to live. There's no targets or uh, anything like that around here. But uh, um, I live here for a reason, and it's not like the cool Starbucks down the road. <laughs> That's yeah. You guys have the boats. We've done a couple of episodes on touching on the Pier Marquette, and we talked about some of that fishing out of the boat swinging flies and yeah it's uh for steelhead right i mean you got you have steelhead you've kind of got it all down there is it uh what's that look like is that a pretty busy time right now or are people going for it it's almost uh our super peak salmon season is september 15th till like now and then it's it, it, it transitions into you know fall steelhead so that's helped the steelhead are coming in and you know that that's a good thing yeah yeah definitely so um so the stealth craft boats, we've um, we've done a couple of episodes there and heard that history. Talk about that because there was a transition there where it was owned by the was it the Johnsons? Yes. Yep. That's yeah. That that'd be um, the other side of my family there. So 
so yeah it's it, it really hasn't like per se oh gotcha so you are this is still in the family so they are essentially those. yeah i mean there was let's be realistic there wasn't um i mean stealth grass been around since the mid 90s but i mean we were building you know about a month um you know not you know two a day kind of thing like right. we are now so it was just a you know something to do in the winter we you know my uncle jim kind of um you know, founded the Paramarquette Lodge and we brought kind of the drift boat to the Midwest and did a lot of, you know, we were selling a bunch of hides and clackcrafts and, you know, ultimately, you know, they weren't very good with dealers, you know, and uh, it, it basically forced us to, I mean, I, I would just say that the non-dealer mentality kind of forced us to build our own boat. You know, we would buy a bunch of you know, the bigger brands that everybody would know. And then they would sell direct on us, like in our backyard. And it was like, man, we're just going to have to do something else. Oh, gotcha. So they basically forced us kind of into that. There just wasn't a good dealer network scenario and, and it hasn't changed. I mean, that's, what's weird for this whole deal is typically boat manufacturers sell to dealers. Um, so we play both all the hats because we sell direct too. I mean, we do actually have some pretty good dealers throughout the country, but it's still a, a small part of our business. It is. Yeah. The riverboat industry and then especially, you know, the riverboat industry, I mean, even Woolridge sells direct and, you know, um, you know, our company's really grown a lot and we do a lot of motorboats and, mm. uh, you know, diff differing, um, from, a lot of the other um, brands um, that, you know, the average fly fisherman would think of just leave the, the names out, but obvious names, you know, they don't embrace the motorboat thing as much as we do, I would think. So, no, that's right. Yeah. There are a ton of, uh, yeah, lots of boats. I mean, the boats you're talking about, we've got them. I'm out on the West coast. So there's, yeah, there's a bunch out here and, and that's kind of where my passion came just from, you know, getting into obviously fishing, running whitewater, stuff like that. But you, you guys have a little bit of different style out there. We've talked about that where you don't have quite the whitewater. So your boat design is a little bit different. Um, so it sounds like you've been there since the beginning. I mean, when Jim was running that show, uh, you were like a younger, was this like you were a younger kid sort of thing? And then, you yeah, kinda, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Like I was, you know, college, that kind of stuff. And, you know, um, you know, I don't remember. We we've argued who had the the you know the bar napkin to the name Stealth Craft, which it is a very cool name, and we've had you know, we've had to, we've had to send some cease and desist letters to you know companies that are well marketed that you've heard of that still call um, some of their companies Stealth whatever, and we've had Stealth Craft since the mid '90s. So I don't. I mean, it's a cool name. Um, yeah. Too bad they didn't think of it as soon as we did. So right, yeah, it's interesting because it is there is a little confusion out there. It feels like um, one of them is on the raft, right? Because you guys, you know, you're known for the um, for the drift boats for sure and the and the motor boats, but you guys also have a line of rafts, and it seems like there's yeah similar looking rafts and I mean, maybe similar names out there. Is that what you're saying? There's been a few that have been kind of used that stealth. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, people could do their obvious you know, math to figure that out. But yeah, we were here and, and that's really why we started building rafts is that oh. particular company. We sent them a cease and desist and it was like, Hey man, don't poke the bear. You know, we're not an internet kickstart 
company. Like we, we like, we build stuff and we're good at it. Like don't, don't poke the bear and the bear got poked. And, you know, now, you know, I, I am pretty confident. I mean, most of our competitors, you know, box China, like stuff up from China and, and ship it and everything. All our rafts are built here in, including the rubber, including everything. You can watch people. I mean, we're busy. We don't like to do tours per se, just because we're busy. Um, but yeah, all of it's wow. built here in house. We're very Amish like here. I like to. I mean, our our own <laughs> trailers. Awesome. Yeah, we like yeah. to build. You know, we build our own trailers. We build our own boats. We build wow. our own rafts. We build our own frames. We just because I mean, in my opinion, how do you warranty something? How do you really take care of something if you don't actually build it? I don't yeah. want to have to call my vendor or whatever. I mean, we don't build our oars or seats here. But a lot of stuff we do. I mean, a lot of stuff on your boat, you know, the buck stops here. So, yeah, that is great. Yeah. So it's all U.S. And that is a great point. Yeah. I didn't realize that that was a big question for me because, yeah, I see you see it out there and you're like, wow. And so you guys, the raft thing started in the la- more recently in the last, uh, what, 10 years or something? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, l- literally, like when the other big company that you would think of started, they ticked me off and I was like, that's my name. Like it, they literally used our name. They start. Yep. Was, that was a internet Kickstarter thing, and they literally like used our name. And it's like, wouldn't a quick, you know, copyright or Google search be like, oh, there already is a stealth craft. Maybe we exactly. should think of something else. Or, or yeah, or even the quick yeah, the, the domain right. You got to. That's an easy one. And they haven't even. They still haven't even veered. They still use it in in the branding of a couple of their boats. They, they oh, are wow. stealth something. So if yep. you look, but. It is what it is. We're still, uh, our line is the hooligan. Uh, we didn't even put anything stealth in it. Um, I, I think it's kind of a, a cool thing and, and we're kind of going from there. Yeah. You're going awesome. Well, so that's a good little, a uh, little history. Now, so let, let's go into the drift boats. Cause this is really, you know, like I said, we've, we've done this drift boat season and just getting a feel for the boats. Cause your boats look really unique. You know, I mean, all boats look a little bit different, but you've got these cuts, especially on the gunnels and, um, and part of that, so let's talk about that. The stealth craft boats, has it been since beginning? When did the company start? It was the early, mid-90s? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah mid-90s. We, we figure 96. Yeah, 96. So r- right at 96. And then um, was it right away that that design, that unique design, what, what was the, talk about that. How is the design of this boat different than, say, like a Clack of Craft or any of these other boats that are, right, your typical drift boat style? And go further because you have the bend of the boat, right, the type of boat. You guys are a little flatter, right, just because of where you are in the, in the water? Um, I, no, I don't. No. I, I mean, your first part of your question would be um, would be related to, you know, basically all companies, you know, I'm going to be hundred percent transparent with you. They're very close. I mean, it's a, it's a copy world. So basically the way you do it, you know, you have something here and I mean, that's why, you know, in the boat world, you have one and you flip it over and you sand it up and you build them to pop a mold off of it. And that's why they look a lot. A lot of boats companies look a lot alike because they just copied, you know, you, you start a boat off another boat, right? Well, um, when we started, like I say, we were frustrated with the dealer network. You know, these companies that I'm sure I'm a pain in their butt now would have, if they would have just let us sell their boats at a competitive rate, you know, and not undercut us, you know, I mean, that's what was kind of the straw with us is we remember, you know, national companies dropping 10 boats off. We're cutting them a big check, right? 10 boats we yeah. ordered. Then there's a guy there that we bid on a boat with that's picking their boat up at our shop in Baldwin. 
you know, when we had, you know, what's now the Premier Marquette Lodge, it was Johnson's Premier Marquette Lodge at the time. And we're like, well, how is this a dealer relationship? This guy's like an hour away from us. So that made us mad. And we're like, right. we're going to build our own boat. And um, yeah. there was a small company that I got very involved with. It was called Michigan Riverworks. And it was just a hobby for a, a bigger fiberglass shop. They had some molds and stuff. And that's kind of what the original stealth crafts were. And mm. we just tweaked them and tweaked them and tweaked them and tweaked them. And like I say, um, you know, actually, you know, I actually have a, like a real college degree and um, have some engineering background, and, you know, like some actual just like not just wing it. Like this is yeah. actual physics. This is how things really work. This isn't just some hocus pocus, you know, fly fishing <laughs> bum. I mean, we all yeah. know it, you know, I mean, let's be real that the 20 year guide is smarter than everybody, you know, like he, or, you know, like some of these guys, it's like, listen, man, like, what are you talking about? You know, I, yeah. I wonder where their facts are coming from. And a lot of people consider it gospel, but you know, you got to have some science and some, some things, physics or physics. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, the bloody knee, uh, approach works too, man. Like why this doesn't work. This is dumb. You know, and, and we got to go back to the drawing board. So I'm not saying the science experiment is always a, a, a two thumbs up scenario because it's not. But the mix between no. screwing up, well, like we've been building boats since the mid 90s. And, um, you know, hey, this works. Hey, this doesn't. Because I have business interests on the green in, in Utah. I mean, it's not like I wouldn't just I don't like to say. And, and we're going to be moving out west. We'll have a location out there. I, I won't. I don't want us to just say we do things regionally because our boats work everywhere. I just think like, hey, you know, the car was invented here. I, I just think some people are kind of just stuck in the old way. They're just like, you know, if you're married to a blonde, then the blondes are the best. But, you know, <laughs> you'd be surprised what a brunette's like or a redhead, you know. Right. Whether, you know? So, I mean, it's just. Yeah. Sometimes people know what they know and that's all they're ever going to know. And they like that because they have to, because that's what they got. Gotcha. And I love the, the West expansion you noted. I think that that was a question I had, you know, and, and maybe the rafts, I'm not even sure, but I, I'm guessing that raft uh, that you have going is probably going to help out, out West, right? Because there's a lot of the, a lot of these rivers where rafts are awesome to have, where you can't get a drift boat in, um, yeah. depending on the boat. Um, you know, and I wanted to note, I think it's really interesting because I go to the design. We had Roger Fletcher on in episode 177. He did a whole history of drift, drift boats. So there's, so people can check that out in the show notes if they want to know how it started, the McKenzie versus the, um, the Rogue style boats. Uh, and we talked about that. But what you're saying is, is that, uh, and I've been in boats that have a bad design. I mean, I almost dumped a drift boat in, in a, you know, a rapid a number of years ago because it was an old style boat. So I know the design is key, um, but when you guys are building your boat, so you're, are you building boats specifically for people to take out down through whitewater? Is that one of the, the focuses for you guys? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, our high and dry, our Northwestern models definitely, you know, execute, you know, wave trains better. Um, you know, and if you really look at our boats, if you like, you know, get online and look like our rocker, you know, rocker is the bend in the boat the reason you may think there's a flatter spot is just because we have wider hulls, which increase stability. But as far as back rowing, you know, like let, I'm just talking straight up, just drift boat design. The rocker is the bend in the back. So when you pull up, you don't want the transom to dig down. Right. And you'll see 
some of our competitors, man, those halls are getting wider. The transoms are getting wider. And remind us again on that, the hull and then the transom. What is the hull? The hull is the boat and the transom is the back. Yeah. So the transom is the back. So yes. the hull is the literally the entire bottom of the boat. The bottom, the bottoms, the wider the bottom is, the more stable it is. Um, you know, it's a little slower, you know, uh, you know, in a motorboat scenario, long and skinny is better than short and fat. Oh, yeah, yeah. How wide is your drift boat? If you take it to that, your typical uh, Northwest style or just your drift boat, how wide is the bottom, the hole? Yeah, I mean, like I say, we have a lot of models. Oh, and you it's do. just the way yeah. we build things is different. So, yeah. like, you know, you probably, uh, you know, the average people see. 54. Yeah, that'd be kind of the average. You know, our average boat is considerably wider. Like our 16, 60 inches, our 15 is fit, like our 15 foot aftermath drift boat is 58 inches. You know, and some of those new up and comers, you know, I don't know if we're supposed to leave names out or whatever. No, no, you could, you could, you could. So, for example, you know, adipose is wider, um, hide is narrower, clack is still narrower. And like I say, they, you know, they, they're stuck to those molds, man. Like that's what they got. So it's the blonde thing and you, and you make them as cool as you can. And I mean, everything's better. And I mean, you know, um, just the way we do things, the core design, you know, our boats, you know, like let's, you know, hundred percent transparency, you cut, cut up, you know, clack a hide, any pure fiberglass boat in half, it's going to sink to the bottom. Cut ours in half, it, you can float around in it. It's a life preserver. Really? So it's the Boston Whaler Carolina Skiff mentality. And, you know, a lot of people, oh, like our first knock is the average guy that's not necessarily super into it will say, oh, they're heavy. You know, it's like you go to the oh, lumber right. yard and it's like, oh, they, you know, the lumber yard guy has been gouging you for 10 years. And you're like, well, that's crooked lumber. <laughs> well, of course, I mean, like the first thing to say it's heavy. Well, yeah, we have a power anchor system in it, a deep cycle battery. Oh, wow. It's twice the size, you know, I mean, so you got to remember like our 1660, our 16 foot super flies, a 60 inch bottom. It's about 10% smaller than an 18 foot Clackamax. Yeah. It's a big boat. Yep. It's got a lot of room in it. Right. Because you don't measure a boat by the length. You measure it by square footage, just yeah. like. You, you don't say like, hey, you know, I'm buying a 14 foot house. Yep. You, know, you, footage, you measure your yeah. house by the square footage. So and every square foot and every inch makes a huge deal on a on a drift boat. You know, like what a couple inches on the width is huge, right? Our 13 foot, like I would consider the 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 gold standard, the the most from my statistics. And you know, and Clack has really sold a lot of boats, but the the gold standard boat that sold the most, according to statistics in drift boat world, is the 14.6 low pro hide and our 13 foot sniper is about the same. It's just a little bit smaller in square footage. Yeah. Gotcha. So, I mean, that, that's, that boat sold the most, you know, throughout the country. Um, I mean, you know, the 16 foot LP by clack is getting close. I mean, they, clack does a really good job. Yeah. They sell a great boat and they're all good. Like I don't ever damn our competition. I think, I think everybody does a good job. I don't know anybody. I mean, I would consider us the big guys now. Maybe if you're east of the Mississippi, you see a lot of stealth crafts, you know, like it or not. We build two a day. Yeah. So, I mean, we build about the same. Clacka builds about the same. Um, Hyde builds, you know, about the same. I Adipose probably builds less, but. Who else is out there? Because you guys are doing it now. Your boat is, is your boat, do you do fiberglass and aluminum or what's your drift boat? 
we build mostly aluminum motorboats. Motorboats. Um, yeah, like I say, when you consider all the other stuff, we we I mean, we have fifty employees here. We build a lot of stuff. I mean, we have we do government, you know, only work that is like that's why it's hard for me to jive with some customer that thinks they know a lot. And it's like, I could take you into a room and, you know, we're rigging, you know, a, a gun on a boat. You know, it's like, come on, like we're, we're light years. We're like not even the same conception. Yeah. Like we're working out a gun turret for, you know, the military. And I got to talk to some guy that allegedly knows more about boats than me. Right. So, right. you know what I mean? Like, and there's, there's stuff, I mean, river boats, um, you know, skinny water stuff. I know my onions, you know, um, sailing, you know, I'm a boat guy, trust me, but you know, it's just like anything like, you know, um, if you've ever seen Ray Jeff, any of the Ray Jeff boys cast, yeah, like they're, they know their onions. Like it'd be the same with me. You might not like me, but they're like, uh, you know, like it or not, guy knows who's talking about. Today's episode is sponsored by Rare Gear, rethinking the way fly fishing travel is done and putting together some great, unique products that you likely have never seen before. They've even got a new uh, seven-foot rod going on right now. They're a blend of traditional fly rods and Tangara styles to make uh, what is probably the most unique rod you'll see this year. It travels small, fits in your backpack. Um, I've had this thing in my backpack, just it tucks right away. The whole rod, uh, not just the rod case, it's a... the rod and the neoprene sleeve it's got the reel the line everything attached and the line actually is inside the rod so uh, this makes it unique obviously because you probably haven't seen that before but also makes packing it up very easy and uh, and the way it packs in it protects the rod um, when you're traveling uh, they also have uh, rare also has folding compact uh, nets wading boots and of course the telescoping fly rods this is the package so if you want to get something that you can just kind of throw in in one easy tiny spot in your backpack in your uh, whatever in your jacket in your pocket uh, this is the one to check out great for bikers hikers multi-sport uh, adventure uh, if you just want something that's always on the go and with you uh, if you head over there right now, you can check out the products and services, and I would love for you to uh, let me know what you think. That's rare, R-E-Y-R gear.com. Check it out right now and support this podcast and a unique company at the same time. Okay, back to the show. What if you had to take one boat style or one boat out of your line, just pick one, you could only keep one and sell one, what would it be? Uh, I mean, for money, I mean, that, that's a wide question. Um, I mean, if, if, if it was a drift boat, you know, I, I don't know, it's a tough question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a lot and, and they really kind of balance out, man. We sell, it's just the way we do it. It's easier for us to build many models because the way we do business is different. Um, you know, let's say that 14, six hide that they've sold a million of, I mean, that's a mold like you, they're taking a chopper gun and spraying that in the mold and it's popping out. It hasn't changed since 2001 when they tweaked it a little bit. I mean, it, it, there's no difference. So, well, that's an interesting thing you're talking about. Cause it seems like, you know, it's one of those things like if it's not broken, don't fix it. Right. Some of these boats that, I mean, but what you're saying is essentially you guys are always tweaking things like the design a little bit. Like, so do you have, what is, do you have an old design boat that you just love say from the mid nineties? That's the same same style that people still love on the water yeah 
Yeah, I mean, we haven't tweaked things that much anymore. I mean, I, like I say, I mean, once, like you said, I mean, our Superfly hasn't changed, you know, um, in 10 years. But like I say, the way we do business, we have the ability to change things a lot easier than the average company can. Gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, and I'm, um, I'm very familiar. I don't know the, the, the clack or the fiberglass as much, but obviously aluminum is huge out here. And, um, you know, there's a bunch, Koffler, Willys, all these boats and... You know, and and, um, and I've been I'm most familiar with Koffler, you know, because just because they're close by, and uh, and I've got a boat that's a little bit bigger. It's a 17 foot, probably like you're talking 17 by 54. It does really well with a bunch of uh, weight in it, and um, and but again, I I'm not a I'm not a, a master of boats like you're saying. You know what I mean? Like maybe there is a tweak that somebody could do to make it a little bit better um, on the water, right? But what would you say when people are coming in for your customer your client uh, what is the kind of your typical person coming in like they come in the shop today um you know what sort of boat are they are they thinking more motor or are they thinking more drift boat i mean we sell a bunch of those rafts i you mean do. It, it really um it's hard to it's hard to say um you do it all. sometimes yeah it's hard to it's hard to say it's x y or z or l we do get a lot we definitely sell a ton of power drifters that's a huge seller for us Somebody else that works for me could accurately answer like this is our top seller, but um, it really depends on the market. We definitely sell a lot of power drifters. I mean, jet drive supply is still a pain right now. You know, it is a wide variety. We sell the guides. You know, the, the typical river guide that might be on your show or you're listening to. We sell a ton of 15s and 16 foot drift boats, a ton of power drifters for the guides. You know, because they row good. Um, but then you got like you know your your just your motorboat guys are running you know, like more of a center console type thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, no disrespect to anything, you know, things like power anchor systems, the Northwest is really hard to tackle like new things. It like center pinning, you know, like they fought it, fought it, fought it. I mean, you'll just see it. Like, you know, I, I've noticed because a power anchor system changes the way you fish. People are throwing giant anchors on boats and, you know, they stop. They're like, right. you know, you're used to like having an eight horse and like, I'm going to just, you know, kick here with this eight horse and fish, you know, nope, I'm going to have a giant anchor. I'm going to anchor right here. And because I catch a fish every time right there, it's a sweet spot. I'm just going to anchor here. And I know, you know, my family, the, the same family, the Johnsons that started the PM lodge, you know, they have lodges in Alaska and, and everybody hates us when we move in there because, like it or not, we catch a whole bunch of fish because we change the way people do things. And because everybody's doing that old school stuff. And it's just like, why wouldn't I just stop here and fish? Right. So the power anchor, that's something that you don't see a lot of. So that's something that you guys have been doing for quite a you while. You will see it. You will see it. Yeah. Mark my word. I mean, like I say, the Northwest is hard to embrace new things. I mean, fly fishermen are. Yeah. You know, I mean, I get hate email all the time. Like, we put lights on drift boats. I mean, people hate that. I don't blame them. <laughs> I don't use them that much, but people think it's sweet. Yeah. You know, we put power anchors on drift boats. Like, you press a button and you can have a giant anchor stop you. How heavy is a typical anchor on a power anchor? Uh, it depends on what you're doing. Like I say, on a drift boat, a 40 or 50 is usually significant or enough. But, I mean, spring flows, there'll be guys fishing you know, spot fishing, whether you're, I mean, if this is the swing fly fishing podcast, I mean, 
uh, you, you know, it looks like I think Kevin Feenster has been on here. I mean, those guys fish out of a boat with the power anchor system. There you go. And we call it flugging. You know, they start at a run and you just, I mean, and you do the same thing on foot. Yeah. But, you know, you're you're just dropping down, dropping down. Yep. And, you know, you'll have some pretty awful dudes that don't really know how to cast a spay rod or anything. And they're just hanging those rods. That fly finally comes into the drift and they're just hanging on to it. And a giant fish hits it. <laughs> That's sweet. And they couldn't do that without that anchor. Yeah, with that. they're in yeah. some pretty heavy water, high spring or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Like Kevin Feenster has 100 pounds of chain on the front of his boat, guaranteed. Right now. If we went and interviewed him, I'd almost be sure, maybe more. And that chain that kind of, they just pick it up and they slide a little bit and they drop and they pick it up and slide it. And you're just backing those flies right into the fish's face. You know, it's super effective. And like I say, take that to the Northwest. It doesn't change. A river's a river, a fish is a fish. Yep. You know, um, like I say, it's just old school, you know, bamboo rods are cool but man grab a graphite run right well i think it's i think it's all to the person you know i mean that's what's cool about it some people probably would uh you know hate having a power anchor for some reason right like the extra weight maybe they're trying to go lighter but i think the point for you is is that and i bet you out here there's a ton of people if they haven't heard of a power anchor uh you know especially lots of the conventional folks out here they would probably and again i don't know maybe they're out here already maybe maybe they're doing i just it hasn't taken on as much but it is it is like it's you know once you go there like in alaska it's people are doing it because they are trying to compete you know go to the kenai go to the you know places i hate to say that our thumbprints been on people are you know i would say 75% of, I mean, you come to the Paramount Cat, you know, there's there, there's only so many markets in the country that a dude can make a living guiding. Right. I'll just be transparent. Yeah, you're in you one know, of them. <laughs> the, the Bighorn, the Green, right. um, you know, Yellowstone area, you know, and, and the warm weather has not helped that area. No. You know, obviously Oregon, Washington, there's some, but, yep. you know, come to a market, you know, like you should just, you know, the guides around here, you know, they have they all have, fan, if, if, even if they're not mine, they have power anchors on their drift boats and, you know, lights and, you know, and mind you, there's still the old school guy that pulls, you know, wants to be oh, old yeah. school and pulls an anchor up. And well, why to, would you want that? That's the kind of thing. Like, well, I could, I could see it. You have a power anchor pulling the anchor up is kind of a hassle, you know, especially if it gets stuck or something. How to describe that a little bit. You don't have to go super techie, but how does the power, you know, your typical anchor going through, like you see a lot of people have, is it just the same thing? You just have a motor? Or, how's that look? Um, I mean, you go to our website, you'll see a bunch of boats, you know, it's got a motor and, and it's, it's, you know, it's just, you know, you hit a button at your rowing seat there. We usually put three switches. You know, if you're think of even waiting outside your boat, like you jump out of your boat and you want to like, just pick the anchor up. Like you yeah. got to go back to the middle right. and grab your, anchor. you know, at the, at the end of the day, like just, you know, we put anchor nests in the, tr- like, right. You throw it in a little crate and you throw it in your boat and yeah. take off. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, it's, you That's know, cool. why people are like, why do you have headlights on your drip boat? Why do you have headlights on your car? I'll tell you what, I could have used you know, headlights on this last week and I was out. I we were, you know what I yeah. mean? I totally could have used some headlights. It's like, why do you have headlights on your car so you can see after dark? Yeah, yeah that's, it makes a heck of a lot of sense, you know? Well, so, you guys can fish. That's the thing there. I mean, there's some states where you can't fish in the dark or you can't. That's true. But you guys can, that's a true. lot of people are doing browns in the in the evening, right? 
Yeah, that's true. And and it, yeah, and it's blown up. Like I say, you know, we have some friends on the Stealthcraft team that are just see, you know, Brian Glass in Arkansas and see some of the Browns he's catching. Holy crap. I'd love to get a few of those people on. Yeah. It's, it's good. Yeah. Well, I think what you're painting here is the story. I mean, Roy Features is what I wanted to talk about, too. So uh, what other, you know, and again, you, you've got, there's the design. What other features would you highlight when somebody comes in, they're talking, they want to know about your boat? What do you throw out there to say, hey, this is like, these are key features that maybe are a little bit different? Well, the biggest difference, you know, going back to the first thing we said is, you know, cut it in half, it floats. Like our our hull is, our hull is flotation, the core oh. design. You know, Jason Cajun, friend of mine, famous boat builder, Montana boat builders, has kind of went through a little world world business wise. I mean, he doesn't really want to be in business, but you know, those beautiful Montana boat builders front cover of Orvis, that's a that's a honeycomb plascore bottom. I believe Adipose puts some of it in the floor of their halls. It stiffens them up. Mm-hmm. Plascore never absorbs water. And that's the whole core. The inside, like the boat is basically made out of plascore. It's got Kevlar and and uh, fiberglass on the outside, but you know, it just wears different. It's quieter, and it floats. You know, like you take a plascor piece, throw it in the water, it floats around. You throw up that same chunk. You know, there's a video on my YouTube channel, and I mean, it's it's not hocus pocus. This is just like I'm busy, dude. You take a piece of fiberglass, that same cutout, a twelve by twelve chunk of you know, you throw it in the water. It sinks to the bottom. The same thing with aluminum. Yeah. A Plascore one floats around. Yeah. Now, why wouldn't you want that? And, and you grab it, it's light and it's dense. It's thick. It, it's a regular, it's a physics question. So every time you, you know, you get thicker, you're eight times more rigid. So our sides on a drift boat are half inch thick. So you grab it. I mean, it's rigid. Like we don't have to have a bench like you're you're let's say you have a coffler like coffler's great boat great yeah. family great design old school though yeah. they gotta put that that bench in there you know they gotta put you know and, and it's like yeah. you know um is a two you know look at i mean trucks are still trucks but they've changed a lot you oh, know yeah. but i mean heck you know let's be real a 1993 northwest aluminum build you choose willie coffler man they don't look that much different no, it's like let's embrace like our brains and say, hey, this might maybe we could do something a little better, right? And right. no one's done that. Like it's just like, oh man, you know, I I love my wife, she's blonde. We better stay with blondes. It's that same concept. <laughs> I feel like you're kind of uh, you're paying that picture like you're kind of almost the um, you know you're the you know like the Ford F one fifty the the new all electric right the Ford F one fifty truck. Uh, not that that's a good analogy. Yeah, but, I but mean that, something. I mean it's yeah. like hey let's 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 go back to the drawing board and just screw everything and like what works what what makes sense. Yeah, and what does make sense for that? So if you look at the old the old boats. You know, all these boats that maybe have the older design. What makes sense on those that you guys, you know, still have the similar deal? I mean, is the whole design, I mean, you're talking about the size, but the style of it, the cut, is that pretty similar? I mean, we've definitely perverted the whole design um, of of drift boats, I would say. Um, But, you know, it's just like you say, you know, old school works, you know, um, but there's definitely some things you can change. I think, you know, 
people like creature comforts. People like to be able to charge your cell phone when they're fishing. Um, now, do you need to, Do you need that? No. People like the Plascore because you don't have, you know, on a fiberglass design, you don't have that. That's why people like aluminum in wood boats is there's no tin can. The traditional, let's be honest, you know, Claca row drift boats, they, they're very flexy. Like yeah, they you, are. You, you would jump in one on a trailer, and I, if you stood in the middle, like you'd be scared. Like, am I going to fall through this? Right, and you think that's not a good thing? That's what you guys are going against? Because some people would say that they like the way that slides over gravel bars and things like that, bends and and stuff. But well, they, like I say, it's kind of like the raft thing. It's yeah. a tin can thing. If you can still slide over rocks and not have that, then you know, like that's why most people. Let's be honest. Let's talk to people that really know how to row. Like you talk, like let's take 20 of the best rowers in the country. I guarantee you they don't like that. Yeah. Because it, it, it's not better. Like it, it, it's, you know, a tin, if you're losing energy, it's not better. Yeah. It's because it's not. That's right. why a nice stiff wood or aluminum boat, I mean, it doesn't matter. Now, is it durable? Yeah. Clackett does a great job because they flex around and when they hit rocks, they, they flex and that's good. You know, that's good when they flex because, I mean, there, there's thoughts behind it. It's not all, it's not, the concept isn't wrong. It's just, it doesn't perform as well. It's like, here's a great example is a, a fiber, you know, like I have some of my guides, you know, I have, I own two lodges, you know, during salmon season, cause salmon break rods, they use fiberglass rods. They never break. Hmm. But when I grab that fiberglass rod, I cannot feel anything. Yeah. So it's like, it's the same concept. It's yeah. like, I know I'll take, you know, I think this Sajax f- feels better. I'll just roll with that. You know I mean? Like it's the same <laughs> concept. Well, yeah. Run your fiberglass ride. It never breaks. An ugly stick never breaks. Yeah. You know, but you know, you just kind of feel right. 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 And so remind me again on your boats or in folks listening right now. Uh, you so you have the aluminum, a lot of your power or your motor boats. We don't build any aluminum drift boats. So we there's just none. don't. And I mean, maybe someone could really convince me, but they're going to pay for it. We build awesome aluminum boats. Uh, we, I found like my background is a lo- like, it was called river master boats. They designed the first skiff. They were here in Michigan, Wellston, Michigan. You'll see a few of them. They don't exist anymore, but that's where I started. That's where we started messing with boats is a small little company. But the, if you're around Michigan, you'll see river masters and they built kind of the first skiff. Well, it kind of like Koffler did. Koffler had skiffs 30 years ago. Yeah. You know, no one called them skiffs. They called it a pram or something, yep, the but pram, right. we were building, you know, and they were cool. And I used to argue his name was Lee Benz and he was just an old school guy from Wellston, very small business, but he built them. He built them right. They're still around, um, you know, yada, yada. But like I say, I, if you can build a, I mean, I don't like the idea of aluminum drift boats just personally because they're noisy. Yeah, they're noisy. And and if you can build one tough, it just the, they are durable. If you can build one tough, you know, out of composite, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, aluminum jet boats and aluminum V-bottom hauls, I think, serve a purpose. Um, but, you know, we, yeah, we don't build aluminum drift boats. We build a bunch of aluminum jet boats and V-hauls and all that. Um, we build our own steel trailers. We have you know, I have a bunch of steel welders here or welders, period, aluminum and steel. So, or, you know, so, um, that's just kind of our personal preference. I mean, I'm not saying they're awful. They last forever and they're super durable. Um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's, it's the same concept. Yeah. What has been the challenge as you guys look out at, you know, kind of the, the westward movement, you know, what do you think is the biggest challenge to you guys kind of taking over the West? Like, cause it sounds like you got some good, uh, you know, obviously a good boat designs. Yeah. We just dropped three 18 foot Kenai's off, uh, at, 
Olympic. Uh, I mean, we're there right now in Forks, Washington, Olympic yeah. Peninsula oh, yeah. guide service. Yeah. I mean, getting them there. That's the, that oh, way you say, and that's half there. of, you know, that's yeah. why, you know, um, we have some dirt in Dutch John, Utah. Um, we were all in right before COVID and moving, having a shop out there. Um, and we love, I love the green personally. Um, and, yeah. and like, it's, you know, the, the issue that we have is what we're trying to do is get a place where a destination fishery, just like we can draw 10 or 12 hours away. People will drive here to say, sweet, you know, um, we'll stay there and come grab our boat and then fish the PM mm-hmm. or fish the big manistee or yep. ski. And there's a bunch Take of cool stuff right around here. Right. So if you have a destination fishery where people are like, yeah, I'll drive 10, 12, yep. uh, you know, hours to that. It really helps because getting them to places are hard and servicing them because it doesn't matter how you build them, what you do, especially guides or people use their boats a lot. Things break wheel bearings, tires, you know, trailer stuff, you know, or not not the boat. Yeah. I mean, and boats break. I mean, everything can break. Like, like I say, you know, somewhere like the green where it's, you know, got heavy duty water, the, the, the car shuttle scenario, it's hard on trailers. I mean, it's just, you know, Anybody that's fishing a lot, stuff breaks. Uh, it doesn't yep. matter how you build it. You know, like I say, it's just, you know, guides aren't that responsible with maintenance, let's be honest. And, nope. you know, you're, you know, basically helping them get get by. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's a charter boat captain fishing Marlin, you know, his Yamaha breaks down every once in a while. And he's yeah. got to maintain it. And, you know, it, it happens everywhere. So yeah. um, we like the idea of being able to have a place we're, you know, because we're dropping a lot of these boats off, you know, to the customer and, and it'd be a lot easier for them. So you're driving them there, dropping them off. Yeah. I mean, in a giant, you know, truck with a yeah, bunch yeah. of boats on it or semi yeah, or yeah. something, but it's cumbersome and, you know, we can't, I mean, it's my guys, I don't sub it out, but it, it's still, you know, if we could get people to come to us, it's always easier. It's always better. Oh, Mike, I'd like some foam here, uh, you know, right. for my rods or, you yep. know, oh, you remember you said this? Oh, can I have longer anchor rope or gotcha. these, you know, these oars are just a little long. Can I, you know, do you guys do that? Is that a customization? Is that something you guys pride yourself on? Yeah. Oh yeah. We have a lake, you know, or they'll go, you know, maybe they'll float the PM for a day and just say, Hey, what do you think? You know, or, you know, like we'll try some nine threes, try some nines, you know, like, cause or just a good set of oars. You can have a pretty crappy boat and have some sweet oars in it and it feels better. Let's be real. And, you know, um, you know, just setting it up for yourself. Just like, just like anything, man, I could take a $2,000 spay rod and the best one ever built. And if it's got a crappy line or a weird, set up That's real right. it's it's no good it's no you know? good no so you got to have everything's kind of kind of be uh, yeah. you know balanced out and work and you know fit the person you know a, a guy you know um a, a certain guide you know the way they do stuff he might want a, a rowing seat taller or lower sure. or you know a, oh, yeah. you know lots of stuff like that yeah no it's cool when i the, the oars were i was going to touch base on that too i one big question I have is you guys are leading the way out there. It seems interesting because there's so many boat builders out west. You know, it doesn't seem like there's really many out in your neck of the woods. What, what do you think the reason is there, like at your scale? I, I don't know. I mean, like I say, I, I, let's, I'll 100% transparent. Like, um, you know, Hyde came to Nuevo, Michigan. They have built a nice, beautiful business there. And I mean, in, I mean, probably because they shipped a lot of boats here. They saw the market. 
Oh, so Hyde is out there. Hyde is building stuff. No, they are not. They left. No, no. They they had a nice business. Um, oh wow. They had. I don't like I say they they went all in in Nuevo, Michigan, which is just south of here, a half hour south of here, and they just left. I mean, um, I think their culture. I mean, um, they're you know, there's not a. I mean whatever i mean there's not a lot of mormons in michigan oh. i mean some of it was that <laughs> oh, right you know right, right. you know hides in, Hyde, in utah hides a family-based mormon thing and it's not yeah, like you gotcha. know people are you know burning the you know the bridges here in michigan but I, I don't think they they like the culture i don't think they like michigan i think yeah. some of it was that but i mean you know we got bigger you know we were growing like crazy when they came here too so you know, they moved right next to their biggest competitor. No kidding. So, I mean, purpose, you know, probably right. <laughs> yeah, I think there was something to that, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they left. And um, since Hyde left, I mean, there's a there's a small builder down the road. I mean, there's, you know, um, and he's a nice guy and does a good job. I mean, you know, I, I don't I can't answer that question, to be honest with you. I mean, sure. I think there's a lot of what, you know, um, and what I mean, like River Wolf. I mean, you know, I All mean, right. Will, Willie does a bunch of boats. I mean, they're as big as we are. They're probably bigger than we are. Maybe not. I know. I know. Willie's. Not, you know, Woolridge builds a lot, but I don't think they mess with drift boats anymore. No, I don't think um, so. No. I mean, Pavati does. I mean, Pavati stretches the angle of things. Yeah, I, they got. You know, they got the door right. The the, the latch. Yeah, the door. but they yeah. do. I mean, as a boat builder, they they have game. Like they don't. They they have. They're they're good. Like they, like, I mean, I'm, I'll call a spade a spade. They do what they do is, um, I mean, I don't necessarily, I don't like, I don't agree with their designs or any of that stuff to be honest with you, but I think what they're fit and finished and what they do is on point. So, um, and I mean, they, they charge for it and I, they have another business there. I think they build aluminum boxes for like ambulances and stuff like sure, that. And, and sure. that's a family business that's been going. So, and I think they build sweet, like uh wakeboard boats too, oh, which no is kidding. a, uh, yeah, they do do that. And they, I mean, there's a lot and there's a lot more money in that, you know, yeah, definitely. Right. Right. And you guys do a little bit of that too, where you have the boats, but you you'll build, will you build whatever if the government comes in and says, I need a, whatever you guys could build it. If it looks, yeah. I mean, we're, we're veering. I mean, a great example would be, and, and if you're old school, there's still some out there. Smoker craft. Oh yeah. Doug, Doug smoker started building. I mean, they built oars. In Oscoda, Michigan, they're, they built oars, and they moved to New Paris, Indiana. And there's not any smoker craft drift boats because no. there's just they went to the big market. They built V halls, oh, and you know, gotcha. and smoker craft. Yeah. I mean, they're huge. I mean, they have 700 employees. They own Starcraft. Oh, wow, they are big. There they you own go. Sylvan, Sylvan Starcraft. I mean, they blew up. You know, and they yeah. just said, you know, no disrespect. They said, screw river boats. We're not dealing with that. We're gonna go right. big time. Right. We're going to build some pontoons. So, you know, we look at that That's stuff crazy. too, you know, but I mean, we're branching out, but yeah, you don't ever bite the hands that feeds us. We, you know, we still build river boats, you know what I yeah. mean? So like, you know, we, we do expand and like to do other things, but you know, our bread and butter is, you know, drift boats, jet boats, you know, rafts now, you know, like that's what feeds us. That's what we're still doing. Yeah. So, and, I mean, we're still, and I think all the big guys, I mean, I don't know, but we're still, you know, six, I mean, we're out till April. If you ordered one tomorrow. So, I mean, I think most of the successful bigger companies are out of ways, I would guess. So, today's episode is sponsored by Range Meal Bars, made by a small team of passionate outdoor enthusiasts. The Range team only uses high quality gluten free ingredients that feel good about fueling your adventure. And, uh, and they don't use brown rice syrup as a primary sweetener. 
These things are tasty. Uh, just yesterday, I was out hiking around and had one of these in the pack. I broke it out, and uh, it's not like your normal bar. It's the same size as any of the other bars that are out there, but it has 700 calories, and when you take a bite in that thing, not only does it taste good, but it packs a punch, and you don't have to worry about eating a meal. Uh, if you ever get to that point where you need to skip a meal and, and have to be good for the, you know, for the day, uh, this thing can do that, and uh, and I definitely always love myself having a bar. I can't imagine going anywhere without a bar, either in the backpack, in the vest, in the boat seat, wherever. I've always got multiple bars, and Range is the one. They've got some tasty, I'm not sure how they do it, but they've got a very tasty bar, which is not easy to do in these things. If you know any about eating um, nutrition bars, whatever, a lot of times they don't taste very good. Uh, but Zach and the crew has put together a very, very tasty bar. The one that I have been loving uh, lately is the Molasses Ginger Sea Salt. Uh, it is just good to go and tastes great. So you can check them out right now at uh, wetflyswing.com slash range. That's R-A-N-G-E, range meal bars. You won't be going back to that normal bar. Okay, back to the show. So if I came in today, uh, you know, and said, hey... I want a boat specifically for, um, you know, running whitewater uh, down the, the green or whatever. What would we do? What would that look like? Would we have a conversation about how we would customize or would you say we got this boat here? This is great. Just take this one. Well, we don't, you know, I don't think Koffler has three to pick out from either right now. Maybe they do. I doubt it. Um, oh, I don't, at, you know. their, at their facility? Yeah. You know, I mean, most people are building to order. But see, what people don't realize is Smokercraft builds... 10 a day they and they're building to order for a dealer customers just aren't used to buying direct from the manufacturer that's just yeah. that that's that customers are not used to buying direct from the manufacturer and you have to do it whether it's Hyde, it's claca whether it's mr you know i forgot the name of the coffler family i mean maybe it's you know like it's the same way i mean i think woolridge is mostly selling direct i think willie's mostly selling direct mm. um I and might be wrong. Because, and that's just because the there's not the dealer network? It's the riverboat game, yeah. It's always been kind of a direct game. And, um, you know, I would love to just have dealers. I wouldn't have to talk to customers ever again. I, I mean, no disrespect to all our customers, but we have a lot of them and let a dealer deal with them. Oh, you know? right. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, right. and, and the dealer has them in stock. So it's like, yeah, I'll yeah. just pick that green one. Right. So, I mean, part of the problem is, like, people don't want to wait. You know, they don't want to wait six, no. seven, eight months for a boat. They want it yesterday. Right. And that's another thing that's great about our, our, our hooligans is we can, we've really scaled that. So the lead times yeah. on those are not that bad anymore. So, and this is the hooligan. This is the, um, is it like a 10 and a half foot raft or what, what do you guys have there? We have of just normal stealth craft. We have a bunch of sizes. Um, yeah, a bunch of, we yeah, have, really. yeah, we have the two man, the three man, yeah, a three man plus and, like, you know, our XXL, we call it, is 15 and a half foot. It's wide. Yeah, it's something you'd boat. run on the green. No problem. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, or the or even some of the bigger stuff. Would yeah. you take oh. that down? Could you take those down the big, like take down the Colorado? Just shoots. Some... Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You could take it on bigger stuff. No, you'd want it um, set up. You know, you, you'd be like, okay, you're taking big water on. Well, let's make this fully self-bailing. Um, you know, we, uh, you know, let's, you'd want the higher rocker model. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe we could talk about, we're doing Hypalon now. Hypalon constructed r rafts are, you know, they're twice as heavy, but they're twice, you know, they last forever. They're super yeah, they're strong. the rigid. That's super rigid. It's almost like a boat. 
like a hard boat? Uh, yeah, not necessarily. Hypalon is this super, if you've ever, if you've known the, the two different materials, PVC is like the flycraft. All right. And okay. then, um, you know, Hypalon is uh, Moravia, like the whitewater yeah, okay. dude. It's like saying Mor- Moravia is like super stiff. Moravia yeah, is super stiff. Yeah. Yeah. It will slippery. Like you'll, you'll just feel the materials different. It'd be like, yeah. what's the difference between a, a breathable waders and neoprene? It's yeah. really that much different. Right. It'd be that. And, and like I say, um, you know, um, Hypalon is neoprene. It's tough. Gotcha. I mean, it's like a long, it's just, and it's heavier, but it's just different. And yeah. I mean, we weld them the same. We just, we just started taking on Hypalon, but it's super expensive. I mean, it's mm. literally triple the price. Oh, wow. So what is your, a ton oh, the hooligan, if I was going to get, say a, a middle range, whatever. The, the like the one we sell hooligan. the most, it's called the large. It's a three man. Um, you know, we put yep. like drift boat style casting braces in them or the regular metal, you know, they can start, you know, we, like figure around five G's. Yeah. You know, yeah, pretty well outfitted. Yeah. You know, we, we supply them, you know, with anchors and oars and turnkey. Kind power of anchors. Do you have the power anchor in the raft? No, 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 no. We, we, <laughs> no. we, we've been putting some, some trolling motors on a few that, you know, yeah. bow mounts and stupid stuff yeah. like that. But I try, we're disciplined. I'm a little bit more disciplined on those hooligans. It's like, yeah, you know, like you're buying a raft, dude. Like, yeah, it's a raft. Right, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. That's like, right. Get the right tool for the job. You bought it to be light, like you, you know. And and we put those cool. I mean, everybody thinks putting a, you know, integrating a Yeti cooler in them and all that's cool. But yeah, it's cool until you have to drag the boat a hundred yards. Yeah, I mean, an empty Yeti forty five is like twenty four pounds. Yeah, people don't realize that. Like, go buy a Coleman. They're like four pounds. You yeah. know what I mean? Gosh, <laughs> have you ever seen one of your drift boats? Um, or heard any stories of them like just being upside down in a river or anything like that? And what? Because you yeah, hear about I mean, the, our the probably our boats. worst press ever was on the um, on the Missouri. There were some customers, some newbie customers, went out there and they were drinking, and it was an easy sure. spot, but there was super high oh, yeah. water, and they sw- they caught a nice fish and they swapped, you know, like that, which is the cool way we do the same oh, thing. Swamped? Yeah, no, Holy like so, like, hey, I people. just stuck a two, like they they landed a big fish, took pictures of it, and they're like, okay, it's your turn now, right? Yep. Yep. And I do that all the time. They pulled anchor. By the time they pulled anchor, the guy was kind of, you know, and there's a big. I fished the Missouri a lot, but I, I don't remember. But it's like a big pass there, and they got smashed right into a um yeah um a big embank or a you know a pillar in sure. the water oh wow. you know where the yeah. bridge goes across oh yeah, yeah so they hit the bridge right the embankment Damn. you know the, the bridge piling and our boat was there forever just gutting it out it was they Pinned. flipped it and in the it was high scary water and oh, yeah. um some people tried and it eventually like broke in half but it floated oh, it the whole time it, flo- <laughs> it exploded but it was the wrong way it like flipped the back way so like literally the the water was just pushing it against that oh, man. forever. And it wouldn't, you know, like some guys took it just, and then there, there was some wood in there. So like it couldn't flip around. It was kind of a perfect storm scenario, but yeah, I mean, that was bad press for us per se, but yeah, you know, well, I'd have, and I, and I bring that up because I seen, we've seen a lot of boats, you know, out here, the Deschutes I've, I've gone over jet boats, like huge jet boats upside down in the river. It's always an eerie feeling, but yeah, you're dealing with white water and situations, but a lot of times those aluminum boats just tin can up, right? They just smash once they get underwater and lose their structure. Um, and I was just curious if, you know, some of these other boats, fiberglass, like if you dump them or even a, like you look at the extreme, if you looked at any of those dories, you've probably seen those on the Colorado, right? Where they're decked over completely and they can flip upside down and turn them over. Have you, have you ever seen those, those videos? Yes. Oh yeah. I'm way into that. Yeah. Like yeah, I say, um, 
Are you doing any of that? Do you have any plan for that? I built a couple whitewater boats. Yours are self-bailing? No, 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 no. But you, no. those are, or, or some of them are, yeah, you know, yeah, I built, yeah, yeah. I built some, some stuff like that, but yeah, I mean, you know, um, never say never, you get the wrong hydro, even our boat might not flow, but yeah, usually it's going to sure. come up. It's going to come up just the flotate. Like you've seen life jackets out, you know, under a log jam, you know, yeah, even yeah. though it's a life jacket. Yeah, so, sink. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, and a lot of it is, you know, the, the reason boats float is because they're narrow and tippy. So, I mean, that's not our style. We're short and fat. Like, we're stable, man. So, yeah, a lot of big dudes, like, uh, you know, you'll just see gravitated. Like, little mousy guys don't always like our boats. So that's kind of why we have the skinny skiff, um, you know, our smaller snipers. But, yeah, like, the big, you know, six-foot-three guy that yep. eats, eats and yep. drinks too much, they generally love our boats. Because they're boat. big and stable. They're not tippy. Because that's what happens when you have a even a right. 60, even a 54-inch wide boat. If you move, it moves around. It's tippy a little bit. So you're, you're saying is your wide boats, even with the big guy, aren't really tippy when you're moving around yeah. the boat. Yeah. And that's why they've gotten super famous. They're like, man, I, it's like fishing on a dock. Like, I forgot. Yeah. Like, I don't say center up anymore. I don't, like, we don't care. You, so do you have to balance when you're going down? Is that how critical is that to get the, the weight right when you're moving down, say, through a rapid again? You know what I'm saying, though? Like, we don't say center up, like, because the boat's stable. So, like, you you know, you land and you hook a big fish and everybody's over on one side. It's not like, hey, we're going to flip. Like, everybody's over on yeah, one side. It doesn't side. matter. It doesn't matter. It's like the short, a fat, feature. you know, like, stable is is nice. That's a killer feature. So, and it, I mean, our sniper from from our 13-footer up, that's the way our boats are designed. Like, they're yeah. not tippy, left to right. Awesome. Awesome. No, this is cool. I think that uh, you've shed some light on, you know, some of the features. And that's why I really wanted to dig in today is that how is it, how are you guys a little different? It sounds like you're a lot different, including, well, well, the oars is the one thing I just want to touch on. So you don't make your own oars. Where do you guys get those? Uh, who, who's building those for you? You know, sadly, no one's building oars hardly. It's one of my biggest supply chain. And I mean, if you call the, I mean, at clack, a hide, you, you talk to the guy t- like that's, writing checks there you talk to Koffler. i mean you know we go we're going to sawyer i mean sawyer's yeah. number one by a long shot oh yeah but we don't have lots of options dan at prolox i don't know what's going on with him he's struggling um you know um edge was making and they're making cool graphite super light ores cataracts upside down right now cataract can't supply ores i mean it's a oh, big really? big oh, wow. big it's still super upside down yep carlisle is carlisle still out there Carlisle was an older. They uh, are, but yeah, I mean, um, they're not That's old school. Yeah, they don't make anything kind of. I mean, Carlisles are fine, but they don't make any higher end stuff. No, and no, most of my customers are higher end. I mean, usually it's like I always joke like, and we're an Orvis. You know, we we're fine. I mean, I have Orvis at my fly shops, but it's like you buy Orvis and then you go buy a Sweet Sage. Like once you figure it out, or you go buy a Winston or a. My, my buddy owns Thomas and Thomas or, you know, like whatever, you know, like, you know, we're not always your first, you know, we don't, we're busy. We don't do a great job of advertising. You know, I'm brash. People don't like me. I mean, like that's normal. (laughs) Like we're fine with that. Like, you know, right, right, right. Well, I think part of it on the, on the costs and the rods I know well is that, uh, you know, it's almost you can't buy a bad rod. You hear that a lot, right? So so depending on your budget, just buy a rod based on your budget. And you're saying, you know, the drift boats are a similar thing. But I, I don't know. Drift boats are all pretty spendy. I mean, it's hard to find a drift boat these days for under, 
You know what I mean? It used to be, I mean, I, it seems like they're all over 10,000 now, right? I mean, yeah. What is... I mean, and we're not the top of the line. I mean, like we are top of the line, but I think margin wise for what you're getting, we're a really good value, really yeah. good value. But yeah, I mean, man, I'm not printing money. I mean, it, somehow it's still the reason Doug Smoker quit building riverboats is there's more money doing other stuff. Trust me. Yeah. Play, pay all these dudes. Right. And, you know, deal with all that. You know, it, man, there's not a lot left. I'm not saying that we're not, we're going to be here forever. We're, but I'm just saying like, there's easier ways to make money. It's not like, Oh man, like I am just, I'm going on vacation tomorrow. I don't know where to spend it. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not that easy and it's still yeah. a limited market, but yeah, I mean, there's, you know, by the, t- I mean, our trailers are higher end. I mean, it's just, it's really hard to make money building. Are your trailers yeah. aluminum? Or are they no, aluminum or steel? They're, they're galvanized generally. Yeah. You know, we dip the galvanized steel so it doesn't rust. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. we've, we've actually built some aluminum trailers. We've had trouble with them holding up. Um, yeah, just because that's the problem. The aluminum yeah. just gets, is not as tough as steel when it comes to no. trailers. I love the idea no. how light they are and all that. But I mean, it's almost that light. We've built a lot of them. We've tried everything. We've done. I've built boats just like Boulder Boatworks. We've welded plastic together. There's, oh, wow. you name it. Like, man, there's huh. stealth crafts out, out that we built. We welded plastic together. We built, that was going to be the next biggest thing. The problem that I had with that is we couldn't do our cool interiors. They needed benches. That plastic isn't rigid enough for me. Oh, like, we've yeah. tried everything, man. I've yeah. built lots of aluminum drift boats. I've built, I mean, I've skinned my knees. Like, like I say, when it comes to drift boats and river boats, like, We've tried it. We've like, right, you've done it all. We, 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 we try it like, yeah. Cause really that's the cool idea. The plastic idea is a great idea. The problem is fit and finished your, your whatever color plastic that is. And you know, those welds break and it's not rigid. So you, you have your, you know, like that's why Boulder Boatworks puts benches in them. That's why they have that like yep. raft frame because it's not rigid by, by trade. Right. And, you they know, and, it up. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I got sweet at welding plastic. We do it basically the same concept is how we weld our rubber rafts. We, I mean, we use a couple of those guns that I bought to weld it. I mean, they're still around here. They're, they're super durable. I mean, we put wood rails on them. I steal steel. There's a couple, I mean, I built four or five fully plastic boats, but you know, um, yeah. you know, but yeah, we've tried a lot of stuff. That's cool. What is, is there anybody around there? I imagine with 50 people, you got some pretty, uh, some good talent there. I mean, could you leave, you know, your shop there for a month and just let your, your next guy take over and be good with it? Or what's that look like? Or do you feel like you kind of have to be there to keep the, the, the show running? Um, I mean, that's the key. I mean, you know, you know, my fingerprints are on a lot, but yeah, I, I more and more and more, I try to just let, let the boys do their thing. Yeah. Like I say, I mean, yeah. we've got a pretty good basis. We don't, I mean, maybe change you know and 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 still you know um we try to just still be doing cutting edge on you know hey man this doesn't really work well let's try something different you know just like i was all in on building plastic boats until i hated the interiors on them Mm. and the rod storage and all that and you just shelf it you're like well yep you tried it yeah testing stuff that's all i think i think that's what's cool yeah that's what's cool about you guys but we're pretty settled i mean there's easier ways like i say you know now it's like man we really build boats expensively. Like how can we actually make money doing this? Mm. You know, so, yeah. you know, we try to, we're trying to scale that in. Cause you know, I mean, you can't employees, especially after COVID have to get paid a bunch. And you know, now it's like, how do you make money doing this is what we try to do a little bit more of. So, 
Gotcha. So, well, we're going to get out of here in a couple minutes. I just wanted to touch base, you know, looking ahead because you, <clears throat> you guys have been testing out a lot of stuff over the years and you talked about that today. As you look out, say, you know, whatever, you know, five, 10 years, are you looking out that far ahead thinking like, okay, what's going to be the next thing? Or how do you, how do you decide on what is your next, your next plastic boat or something like that? Um, you know, like I say, we're, we're, you're pretty settled. Yeah, we're always tweaking stuff. Don't you know? Because yeah. don't don't say that. But like I yeah. say, you know, with materials and you know what one thing, one great thing we've done, our best thing. Like if you've had a man, these new bottoms that we're putting on are just so cool. We we've spent I've spent so much time with vacuum bagging UHMW to just you oh, know yeah. I mean it's a riverboat. Like yeah. how can we do a cool bottom? Well, this new yeah. we have this K five spray urea and. Um, we, you know, we learned about it really from our military background. Cause I was like, man, they're spraying this stuff on like, you know, gas tanks and right. stuff to, you know, in war and they're shooting them. Is this like the, uh, like, like the rhino type linings sort of thing? It is, but it's much slipperier. It'd be just like yeah, a slicker. rhino liner. Yeah. It goes on 300 degrees. So it bonds like crazy on your boat. I mean, right. it's stuck on there. But man, it is just awesome, awesome stuff. Like we're so happy with it. I mean, it's been, it's just really cool. We're, I mean, and it's an upgrade, um, you know. But compared to like gel coat, it's really a, a game changer. And we've tried everything from, you know, like you know, hide as that G four bottom. It's sweet. It's Lexon, but it eventually delaminates and falls off mm. if you're hard on them. And, you know, and we vacuum bag UHMW on boats we put those we used to put these you know we still we just shelved like we did that keel guard we did these giant guards on and it all works you know but i'm talking to guys that are out 200 days a year that are really hard on stuff like that's where this stuff is sweet you know and yeah. uh you're you're always designing for that guy like how like the guy that's out you know 250 days a year that yep. is blowing up a toyota right you know like you know and i'm i'm an engineer by guy. trade and, and, and i i everything I emulate, I mean, and I, I buy American made stuff, but I, I try to, but I super respect everything the Japanese do. They, right. you know, yep. a Japanese engineers, they'll have this little widget and it's their whole life. You know, Americans right. are fat and lazy and go home and, <laughs> you know, we're good at diesel trucks and guns. I was going to say, what's your, what's your truck? What are you driving there? Do you got a pickup? I, you know, we have so much fleet vehicles. I don't even know if I have a vehicle of my own anymore. Oh, right. You don't even have your own, you don't even have your own truck that's... If, yeah, I mean, I really don't. It's kind of an embarrassment. I actually, this is the truth. I have a link. I have a 2008 Lincoln, which is old. And I mean, I can afford some, I mean, something better. I have a 2008. This is just how I'm geared. The, my truck, and I normally use it bird hunting. It has 345,000 nice. on a 5.4. You know, those are, it's an F-150. It's a Lincoln truck. And I got it on a boat barter deal. Oh yeah. But it's got, and I've had it since it had 70,000. And um it was i made my wife drive it for a while because it was a lincoln and it was pretty nice and you know this but i've had it since maybe 2012 or something but yeah uh -huh. no i mean i'm super i love that i'm a i'm that guy like that you know gets you know an original drivetrain and that's you know 330,000. and it's starting to get rusty and a little bit rougher but i mean it still looks pretty decent but that's i have awesome. a topper on it you know i have the my dogs you know i have bird dogs so you know you have the those toppers and you know you got the gun shelves and all that so it's kind of set it's like my yeah so the lincoln was and i don't that's interesting so lincoln made basically the ford f-150 the same thing 
Yeah, no, it was the fancy. It was like you know the oh, king the fancy, ranch, right? You know, they yeah, made gotcha. a Lincoln Mark Ten, and they quit. They did it a couple of years, but yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. I have that. If you looked, at, I have an old Lincoln Mark Eight, you know, and I I'm too cheap to. I, I mean, I, I love that. See that that says a lot though about you. You know, yeah. what I mean, that's a cool thing because you know, like some people would be like, oh, I got to have the newest thing every year in a new car or whatever. But you know what I mean? That's a cool deal. Yeah, that's not my style. Like I no. say, and if anybody sees me around Baldwin, I'm always walking. Like, um, or I'd be, I love to eat. So I'd be, I try to stay, you know, kind of my plain weight. But, m- m- you know, my lodge, I walk from my house. You know, I have 80 acres. So I get out of my house and I have a fishing lodge on the Baldwin River, which is essentially the Premier Cat. And I walk to my, you know, boat shop, which is a half, I don't know, it's a quarter mile away. And I cross the PM and you can kind of relax. And my fiberglass shop is a quarter mile, you know, maybe, you know, like if you live in a city, four blocks or something, you know, and I got dogs and they're happy. And, you know, my, my, my drive or my commute is probably a lot cooler than the average Joe. Yeah. That's amazing. What is Baldwin? What's the, what's the population there at Baldwin? Um, I mean, it's small and it's cool. I mean, people think they're in the South, like the, the last stop of the underground railroad was here. So like typically you don't see African-Americans in like, you know, trout towns or, oh, right. I mean, there's black yeah. people here and they're like, what, you know, I'll have some rich, fancy guy from, you know, I don't know, Alabama. He's like, Whoa, what's all these black people here? I was like, Oh man, right. they, they've been here since a long time. They settled here. So it's yeah. just this weird kind of, it's a weird vibe. I mean, it's cool. I mean it, but you know, I mean, our chamber of, I used to be the chamber of commerce at least. No, I think I was president, definitely vice president. I might've been president for a while. It's been so long, but, um, our big chamber of commerce thing is, is, you know, we have 46 trout streams and 156 lakes in Lake County. So Damn. it's really cool. And I'm blessed. I've, you know, I have a crappy truck, but I do like to travel. And I mean, I've been, you know, that's why I love the green and you know, like I have real estate out there and I love where your guys are from. I mean, I love, you know, like where we're delivering those boats, Forks, Washington, yeah. the Olympic oh, yeah. Peninsula, yeah, you know, yeah. there's just, uh, awesome. I mean, America's awesome. I mean, the world's awesome. There's cool places to fish, but this is definitely like, you know, you got to go to West Yellowstone. You got to, yeah. You want to go to the OP. Like you got to go to the Bahamas and catch bonefish. I mean, like, you know, this is this is a check mark for like if you're into it definitely you got to come to baldwin you got to you know you got to take your we have the largest brown trout statue um i mean it, it oh nice you know it, it's cool there's amazing four or five cool fly shops here um it, it's you know and surrounding towns like where hyde was nuego is the muskegon river very famous oh you sure. know and, and and you know i see people you know you've done kevin fiends are a famous you oh know, yeah you know, Tommy Lynch yeah. hates me, but I mean, like, oh, does he? T- oh, Lynch, Lynch, he, he's not a big fan of me, but I mean, <laughs> you know, funny. we're two big personalities, two big personalities in a really small town. What about Kelly Gallup? You got you guys buddies? Kelly's a great. Yeah, me and Kelly are fine. You know, like I say, I'm just saying two big personalities in a small town. You know, it's only yeah, there's only so true. much room, but I mean, life's too short. We have kids. I mean. I think we still wave to each other, but I'm just, I'm kind of joking, you know, but life's too short, you know? Yeah. Well, it's a thousand people in, in uh, Baldwin, right? That's kind of right. And you'd only see, we'd only ever see each other on the river, you know? So yeah. that's when we see each other, but you know, I mean, life's too short, you know? I mean, it really yeah. is. And no, same cool. thing. It's like, you know, if some guy comes in here with a broken hide, it's not like we're not going to help him out. I mean, like I say, life's too short. It's like, yeah, sure. let's help you out. You know, it's love that. 
I love that. I think that's the perfect way. And I could sit here and talk to you, you know, Mike, for like another hour because, you know, I, I love these conversations, the way it's gone. And I, and I feel like, you know, I think people probably got to know you. I think that if you don't know somebody and you talk to them for a second, it's hard to understand the person, right? But I feel like, you know, we know your story a little bit now and I kind of understand where you're coming from. So, um, so no, this is cool. Well, uh, any, anything else you want to highlight before we get out of here as far as your boats or where people can go if they want to pick up a boat or raft or anything like that? Um, you know, follow us on Instagram, follow us. I mean, and it's cool because we updated a lot. Like you can see a bunch. I mean, even if, if you just like boats, just check our stuff out. We always have a new post of a cool boat. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, check us out online, YouTube, you know, um, and yeah, just follow us. I mean, even if, if you just like boats and fly fishing, we always are doing something cool that would probably say, you know, be worth your time. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, and, and and obviously people listening now are not only fly fishermen, but they're hunters and conventional and, you know, like everything. So I'm sure it sounds like you've got a boat probably to, to cover you know, whoever's Duck hunters, listening. Duck hunters, yeah, everything. Yep. Duck hunters, yep. exactly. Yep. Yeah, we got all. All right, we'll send everybody out to Stealth Craft Boats as well, uh, stealthcraftboats.com. And, uh, yeah, thanks, Mike, for all the time today, and we'll definitely look forward to keeping in touch. And maybe we'll get out to your lodge here uh, one of these, maybe, maybe one of these days, and we'll, we'll check in with you. Absolutely. I'd love that. So there you go. Thanks for checking out the show today. Uh, if you want to get all the show note links, uh, some videos and other little goodies over there, including the transcript of this episode, wetflyswing.com slash 379. 379 will get you that if you head over there right now. Quick listener shout out before we get out of here. Kisha Atkin at uh, Mama Angler. Mama Angler on Instagram. Uh, Kisha replied to the email. We were doing the Alaska giveaway event. Uh, we're just wrapping it up this week. And uh, Kisha runs a small woodworking company and listens to the podcast during work uh, with some good headphones because there's a lot of noise in there. So this is pretty cool. I want to just thank uh, Kisha. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Definitely appreciate everything, all the listens. I know you've been checking out the back catalog. So we'll keep it coming. We'll try to keep you uh, keep your catalog full so you don't ever feel like you've uh, listened to everything. That's our, our goal here. I know myself from podcast, being a podcast addict, that... Um, I love going back to a podcast I love and listening to the back catalog. And sometimes after you listen, you're like, oh, man, I wish I could listen to more. So it's my goal here to keep that going, um, that podcast content train going so strong that you always have plenty to listen to. Uh, so I hope that's good for you. If you're listening right now and uh, and you want to get a shout on this episode, uh, on a next upcoming episode, you can reach out to me, Dave, at wetflyswing.com or on social media wet by swing anytime and uh and you can join uh you can just connect with me and uh send an email or let me know uh you know what you think of the show and uh, and i'll follow up with you and uh and i'll put together something for you uh, we're getting an episode together for uh for kisha mentioned uh she's got somebody she knows online who's umqua uh tire and uh and we're definitely going to check in with them and see if they're interested in coming on the show all right. Well, we are heading out to the next one. Um, let's just take a quick peek. Yeah, I like to do this every once in a while. Let's take a quick peek and see what we got coming up next. Uh, what do we have? Oh, we got a we got a good one coming up next uh, next week on Tuesday. On Tuesday, we've got. Uh, let's see if this is correct. Yes, this is correct. Tuesday, we've got uh, a New Zealand episode, but it's more than just New Zealand. Uh, we are going to dig into New Zealand, some British Columbia, and some other stuff. Uh, that's going to be a good one on Tuesday. And uh, and 
that same week later on, we're going to be going out to the east coast of the U.S. to look at Martha's Vineyard, and we're going to dig into that unique fishery as well. Lots of content coming, so keep and stay with us as we move forward. Uh, right now, we're going into, uh, we still got some good time left in the year of 22, and we're going to be going into 23, so uh, I would love to hear from you. If you haven't connected with me um, or get a chance to share this episode, that's the best way uh, to support this podcast is to share this episode and, uh, and maybe think of one person out there that could use a little blast of the knowledge we uh, dug into today on Drift Boats. All right, I'm going to get out of here. I definitely appreciate you. I hope to connect with you. We've got an upcoming trips. we got some new trips coming up this year uh, and, and in 2023 and beyond. So if you're interested in going out on a trip with us, any of the gang from the podcast, reach out to me anytime. I'd love to see you on the river or, like I said, connecting with me online. Hope you are having a great morning, great afternoon, or great evening wherever you are in the world, and I hope to talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.